Kia ora he uri tēnei o Te Ateawa me Taranaki, ko Alistair Kona Samovolahau. Um, I teach at the Faculty of Māori and Indigenous Studies at the University of Waikato and one of the great joys of the last three years of my life has been um, a Marsden funded project called Writing the New World, Indigenous Texts 1900 to 1975. project um, spends time going all around the region, 1900-1975, a period that we actually don't know that much about. We spend a lot of time talking about kind of first adventures and connections with Europeans coming into the region, and we talk about more recent things, but particularly in the area of writing and literary studies, which is my own background, um, it's kind of like what really happened between you know, the end of the kind of contact colonial period and Albert went, like, what, what happened in that time in between? Writing the New World um, has brought together 16 different Indigenous uh, researchers from all around the region with really different backgrounds um, and different perspectives and different skills. Um, and the podcast is intended to feature their views, their ideas, their experiences, so that you also can have an opportunity to connect um, with this writing, but also with the region that it comes from. The whole concept of the podcast is so much that happens at universities, um, really are, are things that people beyond the university might be interested in hearing about. We're interested in celebrating the writing from this time period, but also celebrating the work of the amazing researchers that have worked on the project. And so we are hopeful that members of their communities and the members of the communities um, that produce this writing in the first place um, would find these podcasts to be interesting and maybe um, would have them um, ask some questions and feel interested in knowing a bit more about the writing of their own communities. In order to contribute to the New Zealand um, Pacific and Māori Language Weeks, um, in 2020 a special issue of the podcast is being launched um, with each of those language weeks um, featuring people from those language communities um, speaking about their research in that language. Tēnā koutou, kia ora, talofa. I'm your podcast host Wanda Yomir Allen. Today's podcast features some brilliant Indigenous young minds, undergraduate researchers whose journeys into the archives in search of the writing of their own people have been both personally and professionally rewarding. Their initial tentative steps grew more confidently as they drew inspiration from the authors they were finding and getting acquainted with. Enjoy their kōrero. Uh, Tarofa lava, uh, o loo ingoa o sao maleula gardenia lao yang. Uh, o, o le noa o te saumei ei, o Whasito Otei, ma Leo Suali'i, uh, o Polo Samoa, ei, o te whanau mei i Hamilton in New Zealand. Um, so, Talofalava, my name is Sal, ma Leo Lakardinia Leo Young. Um, I go by Sal. Well, tēnā koutou katoa, ko Areta Ranginui Charlton Tōkuingoa. Um, Heidi tēnei no te maunga o Panekire me te moana o Waikare. Um, nā reira, he whakapapa tōku, um, he whakapapa oku ki Ngāti Ruapane me Ngaitu hoi ki Waikare moana. So kia ora, oh, my name is Areta Ranginui Charlton and I hail from the beautiful Te Ruweras. Um, there is a beautiful lake there called Waikare Moana um, and my people come from the south, south shore of that lake um, where our iwi 
um, our tribes are Ngāti Pane and Ngāi Tūhoi. The origins of my name comes from my dad's side of the family. Um, I was named after my auntie who I think was named after, she was named after her um, grandma and then it's been passed on down through majority the females. Uh, the meaning of my name when translated into English is literally come with the necklace. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, sounds a bit, um, bit weird to name someone um, with that name, but my understanding of it is when you look at um, the meaning of the necklace or the ula in Samoan culture, it's about um, celebration of um, new life, um, you know, special occasions in terms of weddings and birthdays. So, you know, it's kind of a, a, a depth of we are celebrating um, something. So, for me, that's what my name means. I tend to go by Sal only to protect it. That's my thing at the moment. Um, in Western society, it's mispronounced a lot. <laughs> and so, I'm not too keen to kind of have um, people who are unfamiliar with our Samoan language to, to try and pronounce it. My um, ingoa, my first name, Areta, it hails from my mother's father's mother, so my great-grandmother, my kuia, Ani Areta. Um, so I was named after her to carry her whakapapa. And the name Ranginui is actually the first name of my koko's grandfather. So he gifted his first name to his three children. And so they became, so their last names were Puke Puke, but he gifted them Ranginui as their last name. So our whānau name Ranginui is carried only by three generations of people. Oh, sorry, four generations. Yeah, including myself. Yeah. <laughs> My whānau Whakapapa hails from the beautiful Te Urawera, um, where there is a gorgeous lake, or, or I call it a vast, vast ocean, almost, um, called Waikarewana, and um, my whakapapa is along um, the south south end of that lake there, um, to Tuhoi and Ruapani. Uh, so I was brought up here in Waikato, um, and um, my whānau try to go back home as much as we can, um, but yes, at the moment this is where we call home, and kia um, My name is Yutu, comes from my mum's side of the family, so my, my grandma, um, and I'm not really sure if it is a Samoan name because like from family stories, um, the name was brought over um, by my great-grandparents from my mum's side from Papua New Guinea because mm -hmm. they were um, missionaries for the Samoan Methodist Church mm -hmm. so they travelled over there and so we have some um, of our Ainga which um, stayed behind in Papua New Guinea and didn't return to Samoa. Um, Onisemo is my 
um, grandpa's name from my dad's side and also my dad's first name. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of um, so that I may be able to have a piece of them, like if I do move on to marriage, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, changing my last mm -hmm. name so that I may still have that connection mm -hmm. um, to my dad's side of the family. And Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so in 2018, I was I joined the Riding the New World um, gang, and so I was um, my role was that I was to look at the periodicals within the um, Pacific Islands Monthly magazine, um, where it was from 1900s to 1975. So my objective was to gather data on all the Pacifica writers that were um, in there. So um, at that time, um, that was quite daunting <laughs> because it was such a, you know, um, it was a world that I had never really um, entered into in terms of looking at our own people um, doing their own, um, having actual published works out there. So um, what I found is, um, we so the Mana magazine that's the birthplace of the Mana magazine which was which had started in March 1973 mm -hmm. um, and that's where um, the editor was uh, Marjorie Crocum she had started it off um, for us and so um, what I found interesting was that we actually had quite really accomplished Pacifica writers and um, artists in there, you know, um, it was such a small space within that magazine given to them, but wow, they really, really put out some um, really beautiful um, pieces of work. So um, what I was doing was just pretty much gathering their names, um, where they were from, if I could find it. Um, some of the work in there, whether it's um, short stories, poems, or um, even art, pieces of art, they had come with no, num no names. Mm -hmm. And it kind of speaks to a lot of um, like our kind of culture, a lot of Pacifica, where we're quite humble. Mm -hmm. And so some of them had sent them in anonymous, but they're a beautiful work. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one interesting finding. And um, I think too for me there was a lot of um, because of the time period that it was there was a lot of um, work where a lot of it was about activism you know and trying to um, really push out there the issues that were going on for um, the Pacific region in the Pacific and also within New Zealand and Australia. Um, the Pacific Island Monthlies was initially a magazine for the territories and the, um, you know, the little um, colonies within the Pacific. And that was their way of kind of communicating with each other and keeping up to date with what was going on within Britain, Australia, New Zealand in particular. Um, so to have those pieces in there um, was really cool. It's just uh, for me, I wasn't born until 1988, so, <laughs> you know, just seeing stuff that, is, that was out there before I had come into the world, it was beautiful, so, yeah, that was what I did from November 2018 to, I think, February 2019. Mm -hmm.
Yes, I think so. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Mm. So the Mana magazine came out of uh, the Pacific Island Monthly, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So did you find authors, writers who were writing in both at the same time? Um, so, yeah, in particular the um, kind of the big hitters that we know of. Mm. So, so Marjorie Crocom was one, um, Albert Wentz, mm. um, I'm trying to think. Kornai, Hello Feynman. Yeah, Yeah, so you can see there was um, those those writers and poets mm. and artists that had quite already a big impact mm. within that scene mm. were, you know, um, entering into different mm. pathways of getting mm. their voices out there mm. and their, the way that they viewed the world as Pacifica. Um, yeah, so Epeli Haofa is one. Yeah, definitely. So seeing seeing that, I mean, I weren't introduced to these people until I started university mm. in two thousand mm. and sixteen, and so it probably wasn't actually until two thousand and seventeen, eighteen when I really got to um, read their work in my major. Um, so I had started off as Māori Pacific Development as one of my majors. And I ended up graduating with Pacific and Indigenous Studies. So that's, yeah. you know, through that, that pathway there is where I got to hear our own people away. Mm -hmm. And so that was cool. That was really cool because, you know, coming, um, being raised in New Zealand in a Western society, you know, our schooling is quite focused on Western mm -hmm. um, topics and um, issues and knowledge. So having that opened up to me really opened up my mind to mm -hmm. the possibilities for us as Pacifica is not just limited to what um, we are often taught, you know, mm -hmm. to what our limitations are, but we can go beyond that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Very inspirational. Arita, do you tell us uh, about your kaupapa? What's your research objective in this project? Yeah, so I was looking at, um, um, <clears throat> I was looking at published, um, scholarly or non-fiction texts written by Māori um, in that same time period, um, before 1975. Um, so I had a huge amount of work to look at um, and so that was, I guess that was quite challenging for me, quite daunting was um, the fact that I had such a big space to work in in terms of again finding um, tracking people's names where they come from other pieces that they've written and things like that so mm -hmm. yeah it was such a vast um field i guess to be looking into mm -hmm. so that was quite intimidating and and often i found as a undergrad researcher that it was um really um I already said daunting, but yeah, it was just quite um, crippling almost to know that there's so much to look at, and so, um, but yeah, it was still really awesome. Um, I I looked at quite often, I started off looking at the Journal of Polynesian Society, um, and seeing um, what Māori were being published in that journal specifically, over from like the late 1800s um, through to the early 1950s. Um, so I trolled through quite a lot of journals through there just looking for Māori names, Māori history, Māori whakapapa. Um, so it was, it was, it was quite eye-opening to know who was publishing and also to know 
the histories and puraka that were being published but without being from who actually had that knowledge. Mm. So, you know, quite often I would see um, history of iwi or history of prominent um, rangatira being put into these journals but without reference to who shared this history or mm. who carried that history, mm. who passed that on to the journal. Mm. So it was quite confronting to know that um, things like that happened and, you know, that's what we learn as we um, are Māori and Indigenous peoples, mm. that quite often our histories were taken and mm. taken away from us, mm. even though we were gifting it. So, mm. yeah, that was mm. challenging, but um, mm. still knowing that there were Māori publishing during that time, mm. um, and that was really cool. Mm. Um, and I also found that um, quite a lot of what has been written in the last, you know, 30, 50 years has what been, is what has been written for a little while as well by our mm. academics, mm. I find. You know, things that I've been reading from the last 10 years that I read within my studies are like, oh, yeah, that's Mina's idea, yep, cool, totoko. That was written, you know, mm. in the earlier years as well. People mm. were talking about the same things. So, mm. yeah, that was mm. quite a cool part, I think, mm. for me. Can I ask you about the sense of... Um feeling a bit overwhelmed so it was a bit of it was a bit of both I guess like um not knowing where to start because mm. I could look anywhere because I know that yeah there is Māori publishers Māori writers everywhere we look so to look for non-fiction or scholarly pieces it was um just not knowing where to begin and knowing that I could pick pick a line of whakapapa to follow in terms mm -hmm. of someone's writing and it would just branch off to so many other places mm -hmm. so trying to pick one and follow one mm -hmm. and then getting carried down another path mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it was it wasn't it was challenging um in terms of <coughs> trying to um uh i think i realized that i wasn't going to be able to master finding every single thing by one writer or finding specific things that I wanted to find. Mm. It was just having to find what I found. Do you mm. know what I mean? Or in terms of, well, mm. not even finding it really, just following what mm. the mm. the text and what the mm. following the writers mm. their whakapapa and the text the whakapapa of the text that mm. I was reading. So <coughs> yeah, it was um that was the part that was challenging was knowing that I wasn't going to be able to um, mm. not do it justice, but knowing mm. that there's still so much more out mm. there that um, I perhaps didn't get to have a read or mm. put in my database mm. to mm. be, you know, mm. looked at. So mm. that was more. Yeah. And, and I guess for us, and it's just something to put out there if you guys mm. want to respond to, is that sense of wanting to do right by mm. our people but knowing there's so much work to be done. Yeah. But also understanding, especially when you're new into the research, that it's all right to just do one little part. Yeah, yeah. Did you find, did you, in the end, get yeah. to appreciate what that meant? Yeah, um, I definitely learnt that after a little bit of floundering around mm. as an unexperienced yeah. researcher, you know, trying to work out, oh, how do I, how do I do this all? Yeah. I know, and then I realising that I'm not supposed to do it all. 
Um, but I did, I went through little phases of, okay, I know this is a huge field, but I want to find people from my home, where I'm yes. from. Okay, let's have a look who was publishing, who was putting out texts, or what about some wahine, some woman who were, who were publishing, where could I go there, or why don't I focus on these this paper series and see who was, you know, finding little spots that I thought were interesting to me, or, or something that I found that I would like to look at in a yeah. smaller little segment of you know all those papa links there was just a little yeah. link here that yeah. i'd be looking at mm. but um <laughs> it took me a little while to realize that and yeah. um because yeah. trying to know you know it's such a huge project yeah and knowing that you know i should i could be looking at all of this <laughs> oh how am i how's this little thing going to contribute <laughs> to this big thing so just about looking at the yeah knowing yeah. that it's all right to just look at these smaller parts and mm. take it as it is because it's all yeah. important and it's all should be yeah. on it so talk about your and that's why it was really good to talk about your names yeah because your name is just mm. you inherit all this yeah. pretty much like the work that we yeah, do yeah yeah you know we do one little piece and we often hear people um say particularly Alice, you don't have to do all the jobs <laughs> yeah, <no>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know you just do what you can mm. <clears throat> And that is vital to the whole link. Yeah. Someone else will come and do the next part. Mm. But at least they've got a little platform to jump off, right? Yeah. 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 There's yeah. this, um, I read something a few, few <coughs> uh, maybe last year, I think, in one of my papers for reading, and it just explained um, the beauty of, um, or like the notion of understanding and seeking knowledge as an indigenous person is mm. it's not about mastery of a knowledge mm. it's about humbling yourself to know that the more you know the less you understand about things mm. and you have to be in a humbled position of mm. when you're seeking knowledge mm. it's not about seeking and mastering and conquering mm. the knowledges mm. it's about having a position of humility and mm. and understanding yeah, mm. so that's what I can think of when I yeah, yeah, think of absolutely. That. Uh, I guess I was talking about uh, the sense of feeling overwhelmed mm. and, uh, uh, as you said, a bit crippled mm. yeah. um, about the not only the sheer volume of what to do, but not knowing how to start. Yeah. yeah. And so Arita, um was really gracious in telling us and very generous in telling us how she overcame that mm. by... Mm identifying the small parts that she could contribute to. Mm. Hey, Arita. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so that kind of sense of, um, you know, we're part of the chain. You know, mm. we don't really have to do all the jobs. Just going to do it for, for Mila to come around in another 20 years. To <laughs> <laughs> That's nice work. Yeah. Cool. All right, so, Siotu, <laughs> do you want to tell us about your... Yeah. Your research project. So, um, I was privileged to be on Alice's team for both years. So when Sal was on the team, and then when Aleta was as well for, um, which ended at the beginning of last year. Mm -hmm. um, but for this conversation, I'll talk about the most recent research yeah. I undertook, um, which was looking at um, Pacific and Indigenous writing produced um, by or within the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints. So also the Mormon Church, mm -hmm. as as it's known. Um, and it was kind of hard because like I didn't know how narrow I had to put my scope, whether it was anyone who was like had a connection to the church or whether it was like officially published by the church. And so I just like firstly I just um I found a periodical um called Atikadiji, uh, which roughly translate to um The Messenger. So it was um like a magazine um 
which was it started in 1907, so early 1900s, um, and it was the purpose was um, for like how do I how, like communication between um, like the missionaries and Tangata Whenua, like as well as the rest of like Aotearoa. Um, so it was just a way to get information to and from like around the world as well. Mm. So they were like the advertisements for random things that they were selling <laughs> but then there were also like um, people writing about spiritual like mm. matters like about um, like God and Jesus mm. Christ and um, but so I it was kind of a different experience to what um, Saul and Anita mm. had like because I was kind of excited like oh I wonder what activism <laughs> like went on but I guess it's because like the nature of um, the magazine like religious like I guess it mm. wasn't the place for those type of um, like texts to or like pieces to be published. So mm. yeah, I, I wasn't um, able to find much like poetry or like mm. yeah like creative writing. It was more so like the spiritual experiences, which was still like really mm. important as well. Mm. Um, one of the really cool things I found was um, I might get the dates wrong, but yeah. <laughs> it was written in I think nineteen thirties by. Um, um, a Maori writer, Stuart Meha, and he's like quite well known in the church because he's done a lot of work, especially in regard to the translation of the Book of Mormon into Te Reo Maori. Mm. Um, and so um, there was a piece he wrote, and um, it was just basically talking about how um, there was um, kind of already knowledge within um, Tangata Whenua that the church was going to arrive in New Zealand by certain like elders in different um yeah in different iwi mm -hmm. they um had some like visions that a church was coming in the way they identified it was um it was people who um prayed with their um arms raised to the square so that people prayed with the arm like this mm -hmm. which no longer happens in the church but mm -hmm. when the church first arrived they did pray like that the missionaries mm -hmm. and that's how the people knew oh, okay this is the church that was um that was set to come to Aotearoa mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool because it felt really close to um stories we hear like within my own family like like there's lots to do with spiritual um yeah the spiritual nature of things like having visions or having dreams um and often it's like pr prophecies that will mm -hmm. like come to pass mm -hmm. and so i found that really interesting something um really hard was that um the really early publications were in tedio so mm -hmm. it, yeah i didn't want to um to try and give or find like a translation because I know it will never capture everything that mm -hmm. is actually being written and mm -hmm. it may be like offensive in some sense mm -hmm. if I were to try find a easily translated mm -hmm. version so that I could understand it so mm -hmm. I, th that was a difficulty for me but I think it's something cool for whoever will pick up the project next mm -hmm. and has that understanding to um, be able to yeah to understand what they were writing about because mm -hmm. yeah but it's just the same as Arita and Saul, it was nice to see we've had um, like our people writing a long time ago and mm -hmm. it like really pushes back on that colonial narrative that yeah. Pacific and um, Indigenous writing only started post-1975 mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. yeah I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And so it was mainly focused on like spiritual things but then there are also times where I, I guess it was when there would be 
it was really about just getting understanding of one another's cultures yeah. and their beliefs. So there were some parts where it would travel around in different countries, especially around the Pacific. Like, it would be like our friends in Samoa and then mm -hmm. they'll be having some people from Samoa mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. and then it would just give like a little background so it would be like here's a recipe from Aotearoa yeah. like yeah but for what I found with the um the one in New Zealand was it was still it felt quite colonial like mm -hmm. it was written by a non-pacific or indigenous person mm -hmm. but um when it got to the Pacific Islands it was written by Pacific people which mm -hmm. I found was cool yes. so yeah what are the lessons that you've learned in this project in the text of Indigenous writers that you can take and what are the skills that you can take for the rest of your studies? Put it I up there. think for me, probably the biggest lesson learned from when I did the um, project was um, that the challenges aren't new. Um, mm. They have been passed on throughout the generations, eh? So, you know, how many years later, I'm 31 now, and still, there's still, um, it's it's a learning curve, it's mm -hmm. still learning, still trying to find my way in the world, and then um, trying to figure out um, where I stand within the research. So, yeah, um, at the moment, it's just, it, it's, I think for me, I'm really starting to realise um, the the importance of having to look back to inform the way forward for me. It's really looking at um, what was done before and what were the challenges that they went through and accomplishments mm -hmm. yeah, that um, had come out of the challenges that they overcame. Mm -hmm. How can I learn from them, mm -hmm. from that to help me with my current studies, so, yeah, so, um, and it even goes beyond um, this, um, beyond my life as a, you know, as a postgrad, it's also looking at how it applies personally within how I raise my family, in particular my children, and also how I work, because I work for a Pacific organisation, you know, it, it really um, helps me to be not critical but possibly more aware mm -hmm. of my surroundings and what we actually um how people perceive us mm -hmm. within you know this dominated western mm -hmm. dominated setting so um yeah <coughs> i think that was the, that's the biggest um positive was just um just seeing you know that challenges are the challenges that we are facing are no and we've had some some of our, you know, or actually all of our people and our ancestors go through it just in different time settings, but things seem to be um, kind of continuing on. So how can we, moving forward, as the next generation actually um, push, um, push the boundaries even more um, to add it upon the stories that have, you know, and the lives that have already done so. So yeah, that's my biggest thing. I really, um, there was one one poem in there called Me the Labourer by Eti Saanga. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that one is awesome. Because it just, you know, and he speaks about working as a labourer, um, working to make the road as a road worker, but then having his work not appreciated by the people that are using it and 
you know, having the Balangi man drive on the road and ignore him. But yeah, it was his hard work and his sweat and his, um, you know, his blood that had contributed to what has made life easier for people. Mm. So it's things like that that I really, um, you know, I have in the back of my mind. And when I'm doing my studies and when I'm um, working in the role, because I work in the family violence sector, and then also when I'm with my children and raising my kids and trying to help them navigate the two worlds that they're living in, you know, being born as a New Zealand born, but also a Pacific Island child mm. or Samoan child. So things like that, yeah, I think is really um, awesome. I, yeah, I think that's pretty much what I've, the mm. biggest learning that I've um, gained. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What about you two? What are your thoughts on that? Or are you on your own learnings? Um, I guess, well, similar similar you know um it's important to look back um always be looking back and remembering and honoring those who have come before us because yeah our struggle is not just been our struggle in this present moment that we've been alive it's been the generations and generations mm. who have been fighting and so it's beautiful to know that sometimes when we feel alone you know when we just living life every day knowing that you know our tipuna our ancestors were the ones who were doing fighting the same fights as us mm -hmm. and um knowing that it's in our blood to challenge and continue on but mm -hmm. i guess one of the biggest learnings i got from reading all this academic non-fiction work is that you know um as um you can kind of whatever you're doing in your own kind of lane, in your avenue, in your field, whatever you do, you're still honouring your ancestors and you're honouring your future generations through your work. You don't have to do everything. Like, I know as Indigenous people, and I think especially Māori and Pacifica, we're expected to be, you know, well-rounded. Our knowledge is not just related to academics, it's related to tikanga and practices and languages and family responsibilities and responsibilities to the land and all these there's so much to our lives mm. and what I got to see in I guess in the writings was that you know they were often writing and some of the writers would write about the histories and the whakapapa and the stories of the iwi others were writing about you know anthropology related things and looking at or others were linguists and looking at languages and they would stick to their avenue in their field and so it was like for me knowing that um, even though what I'm doing um, may not be well-rounded and I, I, I just um, I guess it just makes me feel safe to know I don't have to be an expert in all areas to be able to contribute mm -hmm. is that um, I can stick to my area that I want to contribute um, as well as still be learning in other areas mm -hmm. but knowing that I don't have to be an expert at everything to be able to still mm -hmm. contribute and mm -hmm. um, be honouring those voices mm -hmm. and yeah things like that. Mm -hmm. I guess that's one of the biggest learnings that I've taken from it. Um, and the biggest learnings for me well, from this like last research project was that um, how people were writing in all areas so mm -hmm. like they didn't have to wait for a space to open up for them mm -hmm. to produce writing mm -hmm. like they were producing writing in religious public like periodicals like 
yeah, just in general ones as well. Mm. And so I guess that encourages me to um, it's like don't wait for an opportunity. Like mm. we have to create it ourselves, just mm. as they have for us. Mm. And then like, I guess just one issue we stumble across is access and awareness. Mm. Like how do we get um, the next um, generation or the upcoming um, to realize that there is a whole ocean of um, Pacific and Indigenous writing out there, and it's mm. just there's certain circles we have to get around to be able to access those writings and mm -hmm. yeah that's a challenge but it's also a blessing um to be able to be involved in this work to um mm -hmm. help open up um the spaces or make them more visible mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah very important message Nice and loud, okay? Okay. 